are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Are you ready today for the word? Come on now. Are you ready for the word? Did you bring your shouting clothes? Yeah? Okay. We'll see. Well, hey, I want to kick off our third installment, actually the last installment of uh, from our series, This Is What We Do. And uh, if you weren't able to be with us uh, for the other two messages, I encourage you to check it out on the podcast. You can find that on the website or the app to get caught up um, on our messages uh, for this series. Um, what we do here, someone say, This is what we do. What we do here is we take a few weeks out of the year and uh, we talk about what the Bible has to say about giving and what it means to live this generous life. We simply look at principles that God has laid out for us and see that God's desire for us is to live this abundant life. Someone say abundant life. And we see just like all the principles uh, found in God's word that it's going to take faith to step out and believe and trust that when we put God first in our finances, something supernatural takes place. Something supernatural takes place. So today, I want to continue our talk here, and uh, I want to talk to you today about the blessing of generosity. The blessing of generosity. Someone say, the blessing of generosity. Because here at Fuel Church, one of our core values is we will lead the way with irrational generosity. Turn me down, guys, in the monitors quite a bit. Thank you. We will lead the way with irrational generosity. Why? Because we believe that it is better to give than to receive. Can I get an amen for that? We, we firmly believe that. And as Jesus followers... This is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, we love to be conduits of blessings to others. We're not called to be reservoirs of things, but we are called to be conduits of blessings to others. It's our honor and our privilege as Jesus followers to bring God's tithe into his house. Amen? And it's so freeing for us as Jesus followers when when money and things do not control us, but we control them, okay? So here's a few things that we've seen in the last, uh, last few messages. First thing we've seen is everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. Everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. Giving and being generous are two different things. So as Jesus followers, we want to grow beyond where so many people live today and that is in this scarcity mindset, this, this barely get along mindset. And we want to move from the scarcity mindset to live in the abundance mindset. Amen? Amen. Most people in here, most Americans, actually 80%, live in this scarcity kind of cycle, we've called it. 
this scarcity cycle where, where they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Where, where, where they're barely getting along week after week. It's always a struggle. It's always stress when it comes to money. It's always we, we have, have too much month and not enough money type of deal, right? And so, so we want to move beyond that. And uh, we want to get out of this scarcity cycle. Here's what the cycle looks like. Let me remind you. God supplies, we consume, we lack, and then we fear. And it starts all over again. God supplies, we consume because our money is really spent before we even get it. And so then we lack, then we're freaking out, then we're like, oh my gosh, I don't, you know, what do we do? And then we, it turns into fear, and then the, the cycle continues. Now, I've been in the scarcity cycle. I'm not there anymore, thank God. But many of you out there are, 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 are there right now, and you can identify with this. God wants to move you from the scarcity cycle to the abundance cycle. Check this out. This is where he wants to move you, and that's what this whole series is about. God supplies... And the first thing we do is we put him first. You see this? We give. We honor him. We put him number one in our finances. The Bible is all about making God number one on the throne of your heart. And and from your heart to your wallet or your pocketbook is a string because it is attached. Come on now. And God said, if you want to move in this different cycle, if you want to live the abundant life, you put me first, you give, and then what happens? God multiplies the seed sown, right? Look at part two of this series. If you weren't here, check that out. We talked about that multiplication. And then what happens? Our faith grows. Our faith grows because we're like, wow, this really worked. Like, God, you can do more with my 10% than I could with 100%. You can multiply it. Our faith grows. We believe that we're part of something bigger than ourselves and we're, we're being a contributor, not a consumer, and, and we're just obeying what God said in his word, and we're bringing our tithe and offering, and then the next person is bringing their tithe and offering, and look what we can accomplish together, and our faith grows. Our faith is expanded, and then we continue the cycle. How many believe, come on, how many be honest with you, how many believe that this is where God wants you and your family? This is where he wants you. Now, you may not be there right now, and that's why we're in this series, Right? And, uh, but this is where God wants each and every one of us. This is his desire for you. So how do we, let's move on today, how do we as Jesus followers, how do we grow to become abundant givers? Come on now, how many want to be an abundant giver? Who wants to be a cheap giver? Come on, who wants to be the person receiving that cheap gift at the staff Christmas party? Come on now. You know that person that always go to the Dollar General to get their gift. I'm like, the devil is a liar. I went to TJ Maxx and you go to Dollar General. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I want to be an abundant giver. When it comes to Christmas time, I'm ready to give some good gifts for my kids, for my family, for the people I love and care about. Come on now. We don't want to be cheap. When I go out to eat, I don't want to be a cheap tipper. If you go and you tip and you give a fuel card as a tip, The devil is a liar. We ain't giving you no more cards if that's your tip. That ain't no tip. That's a bad witness. And that represents our church bad. If you can't afford to pay for the meal and give a generous tip, then you don't go out to eat. You go to McDonald's. Dollar menu. Come on, somebody. Hmm? 
And so, so this is what God has for us. Whether you believe it, whether I believe it or not, this is where God wants us to dwell. This is where he wants us to live. And so, so, so as Jesus followers, we can become abundant givers, reflecting the heart of an abundantly good God to be a blessing to people all over, not just in our church, but all over. And so today I want to talk to you about three ways, three ways um, as Jesus followers that we can faithfully give. Are you ready? Three ways. Number one, we can give spontaneously. Number one, we can give spontaneously. There will be a time when we see a need in people's lives and we think, I can meet that need, right? There will be times when you don't plan on giving or blessing someone, but all of a sudden you see a need and something prompts you and you decide to help them. You guys did this a few months ago. I came up here and I presented a need for my friends in Houston, Texas, whose churches were destroyed, and, and we said, we're going to do something, and, and you were moved spontaneously on that day. You didn't come in prepared to give, but when I presented the need, you gave $1,600 that went directly down there to help the victims of the flooding. Isn't that awesome? That's an example. We can give spontaneously when tragedy strikes, when there's uh, the tornado victims that happened a few years ago. Guess what? We met the need. We helped out the communities. We helped out Brother Victor and Tina's neighborhood and their neighbors, and that has lasting impact. There's still talk about it. Man, your church came and got us all pizza and had waters, and they're helping us pick up. They don't even know us. What kind of church you go to, they asked him. See, we can give spontaneously. As Jesus followers, this is one of the three ways that we can give. You may be driving down the road and you see someone homeless with a sign, and you may feel prompted to give them something, right? You can give spontaneously, amen? I always used to say this. I always used to say, man, I'm not giving them anything because they're gonna go buy alcohol and drugs with it. And uh, something shifted uh, I don't know if he's in here, but Matt, one of our elders, we were, I was riding with him one time, and uh, he stopped to give this guy something. And I said, why are you giving him that? You know he's going to go blow it. He goes, that's not my responsibility. And it changed everything for me. It shifted everything. He said, I got to obey what the Spirit is saying to me. Whatever they do with it after that is on them. And so giving spontaneously should be part of our lives. Maybe, maybe you're at work and someone lost a loved one or a child or something's happened, they're in the hospital and you, your coworkers come together and you say, man, let's help them with some of the expenses and the bills. Giving spontaneously. Maybe you hear of a single mom struggling and you say, man, I wanna make sure that her and her kids get Christmas this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help them out. I'm gonna give spontaneously to help them out. This is a way... Uh, a man in the Bible gave, as Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. You remember it? There was a Jewish man, and uh, he had been beaten almost to death, robbed and everything. They stole everything from him, and he's laying on the side of the road to die. And he's bleeding, he's bruised, he's, bu- he's all messed up. And then uh, the Bible says that a couple of uh, church people, we'll call them, came by, looked at him, and walked on the other side of the road, didn't even pay him no attention. But then all of a sudden, there was this Samaritan. Now, remember, there was some racial tension between the Samaritans and the Jews in those days, and uh, they did not get along. But this Samaritan seen this man, and he spontaneously began to give to this man. The Bible says that he knelt down, and he began to bandage up the wounds of this Jewish man that had been beaten, left for dead. He began to pour oil on the wounds. 
He began to help him. And, and the Bible says that he loaded him up on his donkey or his Honda Accord. Well, I mean, it's pretty biblical. We see it throughout the Bible. The disciples love the Honda Accord. It says this, that the disciples were all in one accord. I worked on that all week, Wes. All week, all week to that point, all week. It's biblical, folks. I don't know how 12 people fit into one accord. I got you laughing, though, and you ain't been laughing all through this series. You sour push, you. We take three weeks to talk about giving, and you just like, but you laughed at that. I seen you. I seen you. And uh, the Bible says that he load him up and took him to a hotel, took care of the bill. And then we pick up the reading in Luke 10, 35. It says, the next day, this man took out two denarii, money, and he gave, it, gave them to the innkeeper. And he says, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses that you may have. This man gave spontaneously. Do you see this? He didn't, he didn't wake up one day and, and say, I'm going to do something for somebody. No, he woke up one day and he did this. He said, I'm available. I'm open to whatever God has for me. And because I live in the abundance cycle, I'm ready and I'm available. If a need should arise, I can give out of my excess. Come on. And he saw a need, and spontaneously, he met that need. And as Jesus followers, I encourage you to give spontaneously. But please don't only give spontaneously, because there is, this is where most people stop. Most of you in here would give to a need. If I said, hey, this happened in our community, this happened in our nation, most of you would do what you could. And that's awesome. But let's not stop there, because if you only give spontaneously, you will be very limited in what God can do through you to make a difference. So number one, as Jesus followers, if we want to live the abundant life, we give spontaneously. Number two, as Jesus followers, we give strategically. We give strategically. Some of you may be thinking, I wish I could give more. Well, you can if you plan for it. Listen to me. See, everyone in here has a giving plan but most people don't have a good one. Your money's going somewhere. You have a plan, okay? We give when we can, but if we plan, we can do so much more as Jesus followers. And as Jesus followers, we give, we plan to give the first 10% out of a heart of worship. We return it to God through the church. We don't give last. No, we give God the first and the best. We give him, we plan it out. It's strategic. It's worked into our budgets. It's all planned out. Some of you are like, how do you do that every week? Well, we planned it. If you fail to plan, plan to fail. It's strategic. It's strategic. It's strategic. It's well thought out. And so, so we put God first. We plan to put him first in this area of our lives. We are strategic with it. I love what Isaiah 32, 8 says. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Isn't that good? Generous people, when you see people who are generous, it's not by accident. 
Oh, don't think they hit the lottery last week. Ain't nobody hit the lottery. Well, if you did see me after church, (laughs) I'm sorry, let me add that. We need some land. (laughs) Generous people plan to do what is generous. They, They plan not only to bring their tithe, but also to be generous to other organizations maybe outside of these four walls. They plan to be generous to, to, to people maybe in their families. They plan it out, and they stand firm in their generosity. They know that God has blessed them to be a blessing to others. See, what, what good is it if we, we, we hoard up all the blessings for just us four and no more? When God said, I want you to be a conduit in which the blessings flow through. Yes, he wants your house blessed. Yes, he wants you in the new car, the new house. Come on, somebody. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that because true fulfillment comes when we give out of our excess, when we know that we can help other people and that we can be a blessing because God has been a blessing to us and we live this abundant life. Now, now, most of us, when it comes to a plan for our money, it's this. We plan to spend it. <laughs> Let's be honest. Most of our plans are when we get the check, most of us, it's already spent. It's already done, all of it and more, <laughs> right? We, we, when it comes to a plan for our money, we plan to spend it, we plan to consume it because we have already got something we see that we want. Something's already in layaway. Do they still have layaway? I don't know. Something is in layaway. We, we've already started to pay on it. We, 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 we need things and, 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 and the money is already planned out. And, and, and so what happens is when we live this way, our money controls us and we don't control it. Our money controls us and we don't control it. Hmm? Because of impulsive spending. I know I'll just talk about me because I know none of you do this. But because of impulsive spending, we ended up with 22000 in credit card debt after our second year living in New Jersey. Now, it came to a point where we couldn't blame the devil anymore. I love when people put on, oh, the devil's attacking my fine. No, Pizza Hut attacked it. <laughs> the mall attacked. No, the devil ain't got nothing to do with it. He's on the beach with an umbrella drink laughing at you. Ah, they're blaming me again, but it's really their out-of-control habits, their uncontrolled spending, their impulsive spending because they want everything now and they cannot wait, so they put it on credit cards that have such a great interest of 40% this month. We got a good deal. We got a good deal this month. Hmm? And so I had, to, I had to come to a realization. I had to come to a gut check, and I had to say, you know what? This problem, it's me. It's my wife. Because we was loving New Jersey pizza and going to Manhattan every other week. Come on, somebody. We was having fun until that 22000 credit card debt uh, bill came. And so, so what we have to do, we had to shift. And so some of you, God is telling you through this whole series, you're going to have to shift some spending habits. Some of you have shared with me what God has been speaking to you, how, you, how he told you to cut out certain things and how you've been wasting money and how you've seen that the tithe was there. It was just going to the wrong place. And so I appreciate that feedback of some of you. But, but, but you have to come to a place in your life where you say, you know what, what is the priority? What is the priority in my life? And so if you wanna be an abundant giver, you're gonna learn to give strategically. You're gonna learn to plan it out. 
You're gonna, if, if, if you're not on a budget, if, if, if you need help with your finance, we've offered it uh, for the last three years, and uh, 99% of you who are in debt, financial trouble, will not take us up on the offer. Only 1% have in the last two years, but it is still open. We have people here who are experts in this, who do this for a living, and they would love to sit down with you and help create a budget, help get you out of debt. That, that offer is on the table here at this church. We wanna help you get debt-free, amen? Is this okay today? Not sure how it's going, folks. <laughs> so as abundant givers, we give spontaneously, number one. Number two, we give strategically. And number three, we give sacrificially. There are many, many stories in the Bible about sacrificial giving, but one stands out for me. And that's found in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44. It says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, verse 42, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, she put in everything and all she had to live on. Two things stand out to me in this story. Number one is that Jesus was watching everyone's giving. Jesus was watching everyone's giving. Isn't that interesting? Number two is Jesus didn't stop her from giving everything she had. Jesus didn't stop her, even though there were other people who should have been given more. And I always say this, God is not looking for equal giving, but equal sacrifice, right? But Jesus saw something off. There wasn't the equal sacrifice. Here, this woman gave everything. She laid it all out. And Jesus didn't stop her. Why? Because he did not want to rob her from the blessing of giving. Not only didn't stop her, but he celebrated her. He took a moment, a teaching moment, and he celebrated her in front of all the other people. He said, this woman, she needs to be celebrated. Because you guys, you fat cats, you got more money than her, way more. And you only gave that much, right? And so Jesus took a moment and celebrated her sacrificial giving. She gave more than anybody else. And as Jesus followers, this is one of the ways that we become abundant givers. We can give sacrificial. Have you ever given an offering and it hurt? Have you ever heard the Holy Spirit say, hey, I need you to give this amount and it hurt? And you're, you felt it? Like, I've given some offerings. I'm just like, why? I don't understand. But, and then when my wife confirms that, we're just like, okay, we're going to step out here and give sacrificially. And there are times in our lives where God does that. And, and, and maybe you're believing for something. Am I saying that money will give you the miracle? No, but your faith will be built through it. Faith in God gives you the miracles you need for your life. You can give all the money you have and not get your miracle if you don't have faith. It is our faith that pleases God. It is our faith that grows our life and causes us to obtain the miracles that God has for our life. But there are times in my life where I'm believing God for something and I'll attach a seed to that need. I'll attach a seed and it will hurt me sometimes to give that, but I know I'm being obedient. I know what God speaks and, and I gotta step out and be obedient. And as Jesus followers, this is one of the ways that he'll, he'll use us to give, to be abundant givers, right? 
We're getting ready to step into some more mission stuff in 2018, and, and we're going to be building some wells and doing some things overseas, right? And, 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 and we're going to expand our reach locally here in our community with the missions that we support. And, and, and guess what? We're looking for property, and we're looking for things to build more buildings. Guess what? It's going to take abundant givers, it's going to take people saying, you know what? I'm out of the scarcity cycle. I'm in the abundance cycle. And I'm ready to be a conduit of blessings to help others. Right? It can't be 20%, right? It's 20% right now. But imagine if that went up. And imagine if more people got out of debt and more people got out of this fear and consumption mindset and got into the abundance mindset. Imagine what could happen. Imagine what we could do. 506 souls, that's great. But imagine if 40% of you were giving or 50%. That could be double and triple. It's just the reality, right? I'm just being real with you today. As Jesus followers, these are the ways that we can give. Now, I'm gonna be clear for just a minute. I want to ask each of you to do something. Would you ask God the question, how can I be an abundant giver? How can I? What, what do you want me to do with this message today? How, how can I be an abundant giver? And as you do, I know that he'll speak to each and every one of you. He'll speak to you and he'll show you how you can get a plan together to get out of the scarcity cycle, to get into the abundance cycle. He'll show you how you can be generous to others, not just this church, but to others in your sphere of influence, at your job, in your family, in your community. He'll show you. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing I wanna encourage you with as we wrap up. I wanna encourage you to find you a church that you believe in. Now listen. A church whose vision you can connect with. If not here, if not here, then find you a church. The church in which Jesus died for, the church for which he will return for, and plug into that local church and give your life to it and be a giver and serve that local church with your time, talent, and treasure because the local church is the hope of the world, and we know we can impact the world through the local church. Do you hear me? If not here, that's fine. Find you a church whose vision you can link up with. Find you a church whose whose, uh, pastor you believe in what he's saying. If you don't believe in what I'm saying, go find you a church that you believe in. And get behind that pastor and hold up his arms and be faithful to tithe and be faithful to attend and be faithful to serve and help fulfill the vision of that house. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you do this, you will find the greatest fulfillment that you've ever experienced in your life. And some of you, you're just on the edge and you're waiting and you're waiting. It's because you haven't plugged in yet. If I had a lamp up here with a cord and it looked all pretty and looked all nice and we just oohed and awed about it, that'd be great, right? But how many know it's not fulfilling its purpose until we take that plug and put it in an outlet to the power source? You gotta get connected to the power source. It's God's local church. It's the very church Christ died for and established to be the hope of the world here on earth to get his good news, the message of grace out to the world. 
And then and only then will you have true fulfillment. You'll always be searching in things and relationships and people and jobs and keeping up with the Joneses. You'll always be searching until you plug into a local church. Plug into next steps. Plug in. If not here, find a place that you can plug into. There are a lot of great churches in this city, right? Because abundant givers have experienced this. I know many of them out here. There's many abundant givers in this church. They've experienced this, that it is better to give than to receive. Check this out. The reason why we tithe is early on, um, you know, I was taught by my mother and father that tithing was a biblical principle. And through the years, you know, we have, we have seen uh, the law of reciprocity come forth in our lives. Early on when we were uh, first uh, married, our first year of marriage, we weren't, we weren't doing so hot. You know, we, we both didn't make that much money, but uh, you know, I just believe that when you follow God's principles and you follow uh, the Bible, that uh, he always brings it forth, no matter how little it is or how big it is. If you would have told me 15 years ago that this is where I would be in the state that I'm in, with the finances that I have, with the blessings that are on my life, I would have told you you're crazy. I've seen a lot of people struggle, a lot of people, I mean there were times where we couldn't pay utilities, we were evicted from multiple houses over the years and I remember thinking as a little girl that when I grow up, I want to be in the position to help people in that capacity. If, if it's giving, you know, uh, you know, a single mother $50 or $100 or helping someone fix their car or paying someone's rent or, you know, whatever the blessing is, like, I want to be in a position to where I don't have to stress about it. I don't have to think about it because I know the resources are there. And I can tell you that this phase in our life, that's where we're at. You know, all of these examples are all things that we have done and been able to do because of the choices we've made to put God first in our lives. I think, you know, Pastor Jacob says it, said it best a couple of weeks ago that we are blessed to be a conduit, a blessing to other people. Because otherwise, what's all this for? You know, throughout the years, there's been times where we, we, where we take a seed and we plant it. And the, the Bible says when you do that, he... he erects a monument, a memorial, uh, the Bible says. And, you know, we've been believing through a lot of things in our marriage, our kids, um, even before we got together, you know, I placed a seed for my wife and thank God I got her. And, uh, you know, I just believe God that every time we sow, whether it's our tithe or an offering uh, above that, you know, God puts a memorial and he remembers that. He remembers every time you sow. And when that happens, you know, he doesn't forget and, and if you keep standing on his word and keep believing, it's going to happen. Isaac and I talk all the time about this, about how if we look back over our lives, how in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of, you know, you know, having, you know, losing my brother, losing my mother, you know, um, having a son who's nonverbal, who has autism, like these are a lot of tragic and difficult obstacles in life to get through. When in the midst of it, we feel like, how are we going to get through this? Or how am I going to see the provision again? How am I going to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Like, we look back now and we're like, God's hand was in everything. Now, am I saying that 
if that's all only because we tithe, I'm not saying that at all. That's just a piece of the faith, right? But that's the easiest piece of your faith to enact. It's 10%. You know, when you tithe, it's bigger than what you are. I believe in the power of unity uh, as a church uh, uh, that we have. The power of unity, when we all pull our resources together, we have the ability to change this world, to change this city, to change the country. And um, when we all play our part uh, of the tithe, the 10%, as a church, as Fuel Church, we are unstoppable. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here. But find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.